And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of Red Side of the Trent, previewing the game for Fulham on Friday. This is your host, Adam Wicklow. Today I've got Connor Moss on, Fulham fan. How are you doing, Connor? Thank you for joining us. Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Hey, uh, I'm just going to dive in straight away. Are you a little bit gutted that we didn't play on Monday night? Yeah, very <laughs> gutted. Absolutely fuming, to be fair. No, um, no it's annoying because obviously we had Chelsea at quite a good time with Tuchel going, Potter, and they had like Zagreb on the Tuesday or the Wednesday. Um, and then, yeah, you guys were playing. So it would have been two teams with like three-day turnarounds, which would have suited us quite well, obviously. But I guess it is what it is. Yeah. Fulham sit in 10th after six games, two wins, two draws and two losses. And w- would you consider this as a better start for you than you would have expected since you've played Spurs, Liverpool and Arsenal and was potentially meant to play Chelsea as well? Would you Would you say you've exceeded expectations there? Oh, massively, honestly. Like, um, obviously, like you said, there's like a lot of like difficult games there. Um, and on like fixture release day, there was a bit of a meltdown amongst the fan base, like looking at the first um, six to eight games. It was kind of like a conversation of if we could have got five to seven points in the first eight, I think a lot of our fans would have like snapped your hand off for that. And we're probably realistically looking at maybe like you'd want to beat Brentford because obviously a local rivalry and stuff like that. But then you've also got Brighton and Wolves in there. And then the rest, apart, up until we guys, like we play you guys, are all like top six teams. And even those teams are ones that you expect to push from in table. So to be able to come away with that of two like big home wins against um, Brighton and Brentford, who are two teams that have started well as well. And then uh, Wolves, we didn't really play that well, but could have arguably won with, with the penalty. Um, and then Arsenal, good performance. Liverpool, good performance. Spurs wasn't great, but still to have, and I don't mean to like rub salt in the wind, but to have not got like battered in one of those games and and kind of kept it to a decent scoreline, just kind of, yeah, just gives like a positive feeling. 
Yeah, I would say I was quite surprised, obviously, because I last season I thought Tim Ream was a bit of a weak link in your back line, but it doesn't seem to have affected you too much. I've not watched Fulham too much, so you might be able to correct me if I'm wrong if he's been playing or not. But I always I just thought he would be someone that teams would really target because he's not the quickest, but unless Tosa Netherabayo's bailing him out a lot, I, I, I don't know, but... Would you say Fulham's style has changed from last season? Obviously, you were rampant in the championship, as a lot of teams know. Blackburn were, were one of them that got on the end of a thumping, I'm pretty sure. I think you, didn't you win like 7 0 two or three times in a row? Yeah, yeah we won, uh, it was like three times um, 7 0. I think we won like two or three six twos. Yeah, like we had, a, we had a good season last year. It was quite, quite an enjoyable one. But um, yeah, no, it's definitely changed. And I think that's. A bit of a surprise to everyone. I think even some of like us fans is a bit of a surprise. Like, obviously we've we've been up and down like the typical yo-yo um, phrase, I guess, or the situation. Um, but it was different this last year because we'd before like, under Jakanovic we'd started really badly, um, then went twenty three games unbeaten, playing this amazing football and kind of everything, and then. You obviously have a terrible season and the fans look and say, oh, well, it's our first time up without parachute payments, not many Premier League players, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, it, and you're like, OK, adjusted. Like, and Parker's different. But coming up, winning the league, as you said, like just running through teams. And like even at points last year, you'd be tuning up, freeing up at, at half time in a game. And you'd kind of say, like, I think we could go for six or seven here, but you'd see the players take a step down in the gear. So, yeah, I think we all kind of, Expected like a little bit of an adjustment, but still with kind of a bit of the arrogance coming off last year of being able to go at teams. And we have gone at teams, but in a very different way. Like we don't really have much of the ball. Like I was looking earlier and I think the only the only game that we've had more than like 45% possession, I know we played for hard games, was against Spurs. And they're a team that don't really like to keep the ball anyway themselves. So... Um, yeah, it's it's been a bit more direct and obviously like I'm sure we'll get on to Mitro, but like he's obviously been a massive factor of that. Um but yeah, it's a bit more direct. I think we're not we're not trying to play out from the back, um, which ironically is Reem's uh, strong suit. And yeah, he, he has played um every game, I think every minute. And he did last year apart from he came off as a sub due to like a head injury at, at one point. Um but yeah, like he's been a stalwart and it's another one like you wouldn't have expected it. I don't think, again, another Twitter meltdown of Rodak and Ream being, looking like they were going to start the, the first game of the season. I think everyone was fuming about it and we had some issues with our recruitment and, and all that kind of stuff being quite late. Um, but he's come in and he's fully like earned his place. It, was, it started off as someone who was just coming in to fill a gap for a game or two. And it's looking like now you kind of you can't you can't start a game without him. And yeah, it's just it's just a, it's just been really strange because you've seen a lot of like how we've performed. You've kind of semi expect it, but not to this degree. But how we've gone about it has been completely surprising. Like it's yeah, it's 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 just weird to think. Yeah, you touched on the transfer market. Then would you would you say you're quite glad that Forest have taken the doing a Fulham title away now. <laughs> well, I think we'll see. Um, 
because I think a lot of teams will go and do a Fulham in the future, but I don't think any team's going to ever go and do a Forest again. I think you guys have, have cemented yourself in a bit of a Hall of Fame there. <laughs> um, I, you, you might be able to correct me. I, I did some research. You got, you've, had, you've made 11 transfers this, this summer, is that right? Uh, yeah, it's 11 or 12, depending yeah. on if you uh, count Harry Wilson because obviously he was on loan, but it was like a loan with an obligation. Yeah, there was um, there was some dodgy dealings with that. Let's 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 face it, but it didn't really matter in the end. Do you know? Um, so most notable is Jao Palinia from from Sporting Lisbon for eighteen million pounds. Yeah. What's what's he been like? I've heard a lot of good things about him. Is he someone that Forest have to get on top of to stop Fulham from playing on Friday night? Would you say? Um, I'd say yes and no because he's not really like he's he's good on the ball. Um, but he's just he's just a bit of a destroyer. Like the the like obviously first game of the season we played um Tiago uh, sorry we played Liverpool and he like Tiago obviously went injured but he just completely stopped him playing at all. Like he didn't really get much time and that's like, as I said a bit of a change of I'm sure you'd know like um Seri last season was a bit more of a deeper like lion playmaker and he was getting on the ball and spraying balls and. And making things happen, but our midfield has become very industrious. And just to touch on Paulinho, I, I have no idea how we've got him. Like it, it makes no sense. And this is like been going around like the Fulham fan base of like we've kind of accepted that we've got him for a year or two, and then he's going to go somewhere else because um, he is just genuinely that good. I think he's he's got the most tackles in Europe at the moment um, for all the top five leagues. And I think I think I'm not 100 sure. But he had the best tackle win percentage in the Champions League last year for Sporting. It might have just been for the group stage or something like that. But um, yeah, he's just he's just a bit quality. He's good, as I said, he's good on the ball. But it's more just, and it's the same with Harrison Reed, who I'm sure you also know. Mm. Is our midfield are just two absolute dogs. Like they will. That, that's that's what we've done like this season is we've kind of just suffocated teams and we've fought them and we brought such intensity. That it's kind of like you either match that. Or we're going to control the midfield. It's not. It's not being just. We're technically better than you, so we're gonna. We're gonna keep the ball and we're gonna pass around you, make you look silly in that way. It's more. We're just gonna win the ball off you, and if you get the ball, you're not gonna have any seconds to to really think about what you're gonna do. So, touching like on the game is, I, I don't know. I'm sure you can tell me. I, I don't know who you kind of expect to play because I know I've seen from like your fans that. Mangala is apparently supposed to be back yeah. or potentially back. And then obviously you've still got Froilar, who I don't know if he started a game yet. No, uh, he started against Man City, uh, which was a, a baptism of fire, I would say, yeah. <laughs> so to start against Man City and, and get absolutely destroyed by Ilkay Gundogan and Bernardo Silva and Rodri. So a bit of a... Yeah, it might be a bit, might be a bit of a different, different battle against Fulham on Friday night. And uh, yeah, just yeah. wanted to ask, like, who, who else has, who else has impressed you that you've brought into the club, or, or are you excited to see that maybe have not, not got a chance yet? I mean, I seen Manor Sal- Salomon. He's he's coming on loan, I think it is. I don't know. I've never seen him play in real life. But I just know him from 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 Football Manager, really, and he's always <laughs> yeah. meant to be quite good. And I know that's not a lot to go off, um, but. They don't get a lot wrong, and that's that's a weird thing to say. But um... yeah, and I, I completely agree. I play it quite a lot, and I, it was only once we started getting linked to him, I kind of noticed that he would pop up on my on my save and see him, and he'd be <laughs> back in the like 70s, 80s. And I was getting quite excited at the link, but um, no, unfortunately, we've had some really bad luck with um injuries. 
this season. Um, and he's out until potentially after the World Cup is what's right. looking like. Um, it, it's weird that in the space, he came on to the Liverpool game um, and in the space of two weeks, in two behind closed doors friendly, both him and Harry Wilson were out for at mi- minimum um, two months, I think. Gosh. So, yeah, we've that's that's another thing about us right now is kind of this exciting is you're looking at us, and we've kind of not had our best two wingers on the pitch. Yeah, it's it's been Bobby Reed who's very industrious and he's he's good technically, but he's not. He's not going to be someone who strikes fear into into a fullback. And Cabano is good one on one, but is he at Premier League level? I'm not entirely sure. Um, Dan James is uh, is coming on loan, and he's someone I'm not too excited about, but a lot of our fans are. Um, but the one thing I will say is, as I said, we've gone quite direct, and having a big target man like Mitro. Um, is if he can just flick balls on and you've got someone at the pace of Dan James running and behind defences, I think you will just end up causing seams and problems. Mm. So I think that'll be quite an interesting thing to see. Yeah. Depending on if he starts or plays or whatever. Do you think Marco Silva's like learned a lot from his pastimes of being at Everton, Watford and Hull? I mean, if I'm going to presume you'll stay at Fulham all of the season, regardless if you go down even. But I don't, I don't think you will go down personally. I think you've got a striker who's good enough to almost score you enough goals on his own to, to keep yeah. you up. But but like this this is this is gonna potentially be his longest spell at a club since his first ever job in, in football, which was back in Portugal, I think it is at Estrali. So or yeah. Estoril, I think it is. Yes, what yes. what what's what's imp- what's impressed you about Marco Silva? What's he brought to Fulham that Scott Parker didn't, or Jukovic didn't in the previous spells you had in the Premier League. Um, it's 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 weird to say because like it's, sorry, it's quite hard saying. It's a bit of a weird one because like we'd heard a lot of things from obviously Watford fans don't particularly like him because the way he left and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then Everton fans were a bit of a mixed bag. Like some of them liked him, thought he played good football. Um. And others kind of said that he seemed a bit cold and emotionless and a bit naive at times. <laughs> um, but it's 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 been kind of like the opposite for us. I think it was a bit of a, a slow burner because I think after you've gone um, for like a, a season where you kind of haven't seen you get promoted, you haven't watched you get relegated and you've had like no fans um, and you've just had your manager leave, uh, the club in the summer, like off his own accord, and go and join Bournemouth. It's kind of it's a big it's, it's a big um, job to try and come in and I guess get like the feel a feel good factor back. But obviously, when you start so well in a season and stuff like that, it comes on. But he's it, it's just um, I don't know. It's, I guess it's the way how he's kind of developed a few players. Like you said earlier with Reem, like he's almost made him into a new player, um, and. Like Mitro, like I can't, I could spend an hour talking about him, honestly, and, and how much <laughs> Silver's like it's helped him. But um, I think it's that he's just he's just made everyone better and brought them up a level. And I think professionalism has gone up that way. And I think like as you mentioned with Estoril, like our um, our athletic reporter did like a big piece on him, and I think he was 
a player there and club captain and he went from director of football and um, uh, then manager and took them, I think, from the second division up to the first and then from the first to in the Europa League, I think. Um, so, like, he, he he was a project manager, but you'd hear from all the old jobs of, like, he doesn't want a project. He's kind of a bit of a mercenary, a bit of, like, a Conte Mourinho who'll stay there for a year or two and then he'll burn out. But it just it, it does seem like he's intending to stay for a while. And it also helps that um, his assistant manager is Luis Boamorte, who played for us for about six or seven years and was the captain. So I think that also brought a bit of the unity. And it does seem like there's a pretty decent relationship between him and the fans, which Everton said that there was absolutely none there. So uh, he's just impressed me all around with, with literally everything. Yeah, it's, it's good. Um... I've I've obviously I've got to ask you about Mitrovic because it would be daft not to. We we in our group we we named him the cheat code because he was just scoring that many goals. We just it was just a bit silly. Yeah. It could was... you could you quite believe as a fan base what you were seeing last season? Because to score like twenty five goals in the championship is pretty good, but to score forty. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous no, um, and, and Mitrovic has just continued it this season he could have had seven and six obviously missed the penalty at Wolves but six goals in his first six games in the Premier League is bloody good going but can you can you really pin if he gets injured for you guys I, I would you I'd worry maybe I don't know where the goals are going to come from would you think the same no 100% like that was no we've had We've had a good transfer window, but it's kind of been a bit weird in a sense. Like, um, I was a big advocate of getting Dennis, who you guys obviously managed to get, because I do worry where our goals come from. Because I know Harry Wilson, I think he got 10 last season. Um, I think Bobby Reid got 10. But when you go into the Premier League, as I think as a winger especially, like trans transferring 10 to 15 goals becomes a lot harder I think for a striker when you get like 20 25 as you said I think you can kind of say I could back him to get 10 or so yeah and that's kind of it but when it's 10 from a winger I think you kind of look at then say that's about five and then that's 10 extra goals and and you're scoring like what 25 you've got down on paper that you can definitely like confirm so if he gets injured we've got some serious serious problems because um it's not. It's it's honestly just not his goal scoring. Like I think I think if you've spoken to any Serbia and Fulham fan, even under Jukanovic, because he ma- he managed to get eleven goals in a dreadful team, like a really bad team. Um, I think if you, like, I've always maintained to like a lot of my friends, and they didn't really um, agree with me or believe me, but I thought he was someone who could go to a French, German, Italian league and play for a Champions League level team. Because yeah. he is just that good of a finisher. Um, so am I surprised in him scoring as many as he did? Yes. But like if I'd known he'd get those many chances, I would have I would have backed him. But it was it was the, the weirdest season, honestly. Like it got to the point where you just you were I know it sounds bad to say, but you were like barely celebrating goals. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of like it, it was there were just so many, and it's like, oh yeah, of course, like Mitro scored it again. And it it it's quite um like going going back to the start of the season is like in the summer we kind of didn't really know if he was going to stay because him and Parker hated each other apparently um and he kind of said yeah like, I'm 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 done here and 
anyone who's like a Fulham fan will know like Mitro does genuinely love the club like it's it's really a bit confusing in a way because he came on loan like did did well with us and kind of picked his career back up but he's just he seems to like to have a love of it of someone who was there for five years by the time he'd finished his second season and it was kind of at the, at the start of next season it's it's are we going to keep him um and then you kind of fast forward to the end of it and he's broken the record and he's scoring every week and he's like loving life and enjoying it here and, and all that kind of stuff but yeah as I said like the most the genuinely most impressive thing is Silver's helped him lose weight and he's pressing now which you'd never get him to do like he always had like wanting to put the effort in but you'd never see it materialize like Genuinely, I think the best performance I've ever seen from him was um, Brighton a couple of weeks ago. And he was absolutely everywhere. Like he was back in the right back position in like the 80th minute, having having pressed the whole game, ran the whole game, back there, winning fouls, just just dragging us over the line almost like single-handedly. So to put in this level of performance, no, like I, I could not have seen this because he is genuinely a different player to, to the one that we've ever seen before. Yeah, I, I tend to agree on your statement about him being a potential player to play Europa League football at the very least. Because I did, I, I did think he was a good good player. He's horrible to play against by the looks of it because he's just so mean. He's, he kind of reminds me of like a, a Diego Costa who we, we're going to yeah. see back in the Premier League. And I do think if he has a really good season, if Mitrovic scores 15 to 20 goals a season, which he's more than capable of doing... I reckon you might lose him to a Europa League sort of side, like a maybe even like a West Ham or someone like that that could could use him. I mean, it was I thought it was a good move when he went to Newcastle. They just obviously didn't didn't uh, didn't use him properly. But my my other my my last question before we start talking about the game between ourselves and and, and Forest a little bit is where where do you think you'll finish this season? Because we've we've put you about I think we put you about fifteenth or so, fifteenth, fourteenth, maybe. Yeah, I, I I think that's fair, but it's like, and I'm sure it's probably a conversation we'll get onto a bit later. I think it's it's a really weird one because I think if you look at it, as it, it will probably shorten as as we get further into the season. But I think before the start of the season, I looked at about eight teams that I thought could have gone down, and it's kind of picking the three from that, and then I think everything above that's a little bit of a scramble. Yeah, and I I, I don't really know like. Because we like as as you've you like acknowledged earlier, so we've had such a hard start, so we kind of don't really know what this Fulham team is capable of against some of the teams that we should be targeting wins wins for. And we've got quite a nice run after you. I think we've got Newcastle, West Ham, and then we play um, like Everton, Bournemouth, Villa, Leeds, all all four games in a row. So I think so like Friday might be a bit of a an indication of what's to come but I think only after there you can kind of fully see what's happening but yeah I'd, I'd, I would like to think that we will be safe I think I think we definitely can do and this starts definitely helped um, but yeah I think I think it just it, it really depends on a lot of a lot of other teams but I'd say like 14th is is generally where I where I could see us finishing and that's what I said before the start of the season to be fair um but yeah, I think I think it could go anywhere, really, because you never know. Like we could have had this start and kind of get all the like the adrenaline rush of the new season out of the way and kind of drop off massively, or we can 
kind of grow into the league and who knows, like Villa are struggling right now. Brighton have lost Potter, like maybe even top half, but I'd take 17 if you offered it to me right now, to be honest. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So we're going to talk about the the game between ourselves and, and a bit on Forest. Like, what what's your general thoughts on Forest? Because obviously everyone's got their opinion on signing twenty two players, which is I've seen. We 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 actually were one of the probably one of the few teams that came to the cottage last season and kept a clean sheet and and took a win there, which is a a really nail biter as a Forest fan to watch. Because every time I thought you come forward, I was going, no, it's just going to be another goal. <laughs> like, um, but. What's your thoughts? Obviously, we've had a bit of a bad spell recently. We lost to Bournemouth last week, uh, coming who come from two goals down to beat us at home. So, what's your what's your thoughts? Um, I mean, I feel like as like as a Fulham fan, I think we're a bit more aware of why you've had the window you've had. Like we we've done it, and it didn't work out for us. Um, but. The one thing I will say is yours, it's, it's weird, it's weird because you've done things better than us, but you've also done things a little bit worse, um, mm. like in that initial season. I don't think, like a big problem we had is we spent 20 million on Angisa, 20 million on Seri, um, when we already had Tom Kearney there. So yeah. we kind of yeah. bought just like these these names that didn't really make sense when you put them all down on the team sheet. Whereas I think yours do, and I think you've recruited well on paper if you take every individual signing as it is, if you get what I mean. Yeah. The only things that confuse me a little bit is there's a few players where I look at and I think like now looking back on hindsight, it's kind of like, why why have you signed him? And I think Gibbs White's one, not just because of the money, but I think like you also had Lingard there. And um I think Toffolo's a bit of a weird one now. I get that. Uh, Richards got injured but I think with Lodi and Richards it kind of makes it's, it's enough depth there I think the Bian- Bianconi I know I, I actually watched um, or listened to like what a few of your fans said and they said he look, he's looked quite good this season but hasn't really got a chance but then you've got Williams and um, Serge Aurier so it's, it's, it's kind of I feel like you've gone for a bit too much depth and it, the depth is also a bit too strong and I know it sounds weird to say that, but it kind of looks like you've got, like I, I don't, I'll be, I'll be entirely honest. I don't know how good a lot of a lot of the players you, you've signed actually are. Yeah. But it's kind of like from what you hear of them, it kind of looks as though you're building for Europe. And I know your owners kind of come out and said, I think to the Athletic, 
um, that he was hoping for a Europe contention this season and your board were kind of like top half. But that's kind of what it seems like. And I've looked through your window and um, like last season stats and stuff like that. And I think you had 15 players who completed over a thousand minutes and eight of them have gone. Yeah. So it is a lot of the... I think on Twitter you saw a lot of people going at Forest fans, a lot of Forest fans kind of like come back and defending it. I mean, like we had to sign these players and it got a bit silly because then you guys were listing like certain players that weren't playing for you but still gone. But regardless, like 15 players to play a thousand minutes is in, in a 46 game season where you're playing Wednesday, Saturday or Saturday, Tuesday is 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 a very small squad in itself. And then to come up and get um, competitive and to get depth, you're, you're always going to have to sign a lot of players. So I do think it makes sense in a way, but it's just I I think I think your depth is too strong. I think that quite quite realistically, you could see a whole new eleven start to play games, um, and I think that's a big problem. Uh, and it's just it's just uh, a few ones don't really make that much sense like I don't know with Bryce Sambar because I only saw like what had happened on Twitter around the time of apparently he wanted a new contract but then apparently he didn't want to stay anyway and it's kind of uh, like I don't really get that I think if you could have kept him you should have even if maybe Henderson's the better keeper maybe I, I, I don't know but I think it's just a little bit more of keeping a couple more players that have gone I think I might have looked at it and said, okay, like this all makes sense, but I think it's just I think it's just a bit too many and a bit too good. Which, <laughs> which is which is a weird thing to say, but I understand what you're saying. I think what the idea was to get two players for each position and like yeah, it's I think with I think the Richards thing was he was injured. Forrest didn't want to release that information so we could get Tuffalo. And then we got Toffolo in. And then I don't know where Al Ren and Lodi's come in. I don't, I don't understand how we've even managed to get him, but it's a, it's obviously a good signing on paper. He's only played two games and what I've seen has been okay. Morgan Gibbs-White was Cooper's number one uh, target and Lingard's only here for a season. So it's kind of like, can we get someone that's going to be here long-term? Because I don't know if Lingard will or not. It's it's one of them. It's it's a difficult one to, to sum up, but he's he's been all right as well, I think. But... I completely understand what you're saying in terms of yeah, you, we could name a whole different eleven. Our problem has been the lads from last season, and even though Johnson's been scoring, they've not been performing that well. I don't think they've they've all had like flutters of okay moments, but not what you need in the Premier League. Whereas I think with Fulham, you've got a lot of people who have that you've got a lot of players that have stayed together from going up and down, and then kind of then manage to fill those gaps in with players that are going to perform for you. And I think that's what probably stood you in good stead. Maybe that's what's got you off to a good start because you've already got almost a settled sort of team. You've just brought in a few players that, that where you needed, like you've got, is it Kenny, Kenny, uh, Kenny Tete at right back now? Yeah. yeah. And then, and then Paulinho to fill in for Seri. Um, I don't uh, I don't know who's filled in for Fabio Carvalho for you at all. Actually, I've not I've not looked. Andreas. Andreas, Andreas Pereira, yeah, who's been in the Premier League. Do you know what I mean? You've you've got yeah, yeah. you've brought in players that and Bird Leno in goal, obviously, who could potentially come in. I don't did he play in the last game? Uh yeah, yeah. So he's he's played the last two, I think. So it kind of like 
it's so chalk and cheese between the two sides, really. The it we're still yet to see our best team, I think. I think we've it's kind of it's almost looked like we've planned for for both things of staying up and getting relegated because we've brought yeah. in like O'Brien, Toffolo, and then we've still got like uh, I'm just trying to think now off the top of my head, like Nico Williams could probably still drop down and still sell on. He obviously played for you guys last season and has, has done okay for us as well. Uh, so there, there's just so much craziness to to go through, but I'm sure Steve Cooper will sort it out eventually. Well, we've got to do it sooner than later, really, because otherwise you start yeah. facing doom and gloom. And with our owner, he, he's got a sec- sacking mentality because he owns Olympiacos and they're used to winning all the time. So if he's got those ambitions of making it to Europe in, a, in one season, I think he's a bit daft, in my honest opinion. I, I'd... Be, uh, I'd be wondering what, what he's having for breakfast. <laughs> I know that full well. Um, where do you see our threats at all? Um, to be honest, it's, it's, it's hard to tell because I just don't know what team you're going to play and I don't know how you're going to play. Like, to be honest, what I, can, what I can categorically say is that I think your formation will be a threat, but it's entirely dependent on how brave you guys decide to be. Because even last season, we've struggled a lot against a five-back or a three-back, like whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and this uh, season, we played Brentford, obviously, and at 2-1, they switched to a five-back and they stretched us really wide and they got their full-backs really high. And we were kind of a little bit outnumbered. Um, and then Brighton did the same, but they did it a little bit earlier when they kind of realised they weren't really getting through. Or they they, they changed formation early. And then I think they changed it again, actually, to a five around like the 60th, 70th minute. Um, so I think that will be a big threat. But it's it's a really weird one because I, I don't know who you're going to start at centre-back. Um, but I know like Warren McKenna have played quite, quite um, a few of the games, right? Yeah, they've played pretty much all season, I believe. Um, and then do you know who the third will be? It's a toss-up <laughs> between like, it could, I don't even know. It could be Steve Cook, who I thought was... Uh, I don't know if he was... It was all three of them were, were poor against Bournemouth, in my opinion. They, they, none of them were, were that good. But we've had a new player come in on deadline day called Luke Kate. I can't even... Bad A, I think his last... I say his last name. We've had Willie Bolly come in, obviously. Yeah, uh, Kate is still injured, so he's, he's not going to be playing. He would play because he's he's been excellent since he come in. He's been really good, so... The third is a, is a mystery to all of us, including myself. Um, I think if if Mangala and Lewis O'Brien are fit, I, they play for me. I think they're they're they are probably our best centre mid pairing at the moment. They're just so full of energy and do still do 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 two different jobs. Obviously, like you'd know about Lewis O'Brien from last season, he's just an yeah. absolute Duracell bunny. And then Mangala's like your destroyer kind of guy, but can play as well. Probably similar to Palinia for, for you guys. So that midfield battle is an interesting one and then you've got Gibbs White who's going to be just here there and everywhere but then like strikers I don't know because we've not been playing with a striker and that's really infuriated a lot yeah, of the fan yeah. base like I don't know how you can be I don't want to call Steve Cooper arrogant but it almost seems like an arrogance to not play with a striker when you've just come up from the championship it just doesn't make sense to me so I'm well, hoping we'll play with a striker because then it will hopefully give you some problems yeah well that, that's that's the thing I think like you kind of I know he didn't play all your games, but you had like Keenan Davis, didn't you? He was a bit yeah. of that physical element. 
Yeah, um, battering ram. Yeah, and that's that's what Awanihi looks like. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, he could cause like Darwin Nunes causes us some problems. Um, but that was just through him not being able to control a football, really. But, uh, <laughs> that's how uh, Awanihi is as well. <laughs> Can't really yeah, control. So he's just he's just like legs and arms and just mayhem. Okay, so then he is definitely a threat then. I absolutely um, love him. <laughs> but um, no, I was just, the, only, the reason I was asking about centre backs is obviously if like I know Lodi will probably play, but if you take out Lodi for Toffolo, it's kind of and and Cook were the one to play. It, it's very similar to the defence you had last year. Yeah, obviously, like I think both our games last year we couldn't really I couldn't I couldn't really gauge much because obviously we. We played you like five games after Cooper came in because I remember you were on some winning run, um, but it obviously wasn't it wasn't a team that kind of knew the system and fully up to scratch or everything. And then when we played you, like I don't know if this was in the players' mindsets, but it was definitely in the fans. Is we've just um, drew away at Bournemouth, haven't we? Yeah, you threw away a goal, the goal, <laughs> the lead yeah. in the last minute. Yeah, I I, uh, I actually went to that and I was. I was uh, too far. I was all right about it, but the train journey home was not enjoyable. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then you guys were obviously chasing Bournemouth down and stuff like that. And I think we'd played, I think we played Tuesday. I don't know. But it was kind of like one where we kind of knew we were up, and and, and I don't think that was a hundred us uh, at a hundred percent because yeah. we good promotion pretty much against um, Bournemouth. So like I can't really judge. I've and you've also got a very different eleven now to to what you had last year. So a whole a whole different twenty two there, Connor. <laughs> yeah. But um, so it's it's hard for me to really say. But I think I think we'll cause problems. I think it'll be an interesting game. I think it'll also be the first game where, and like I say this as respectfully as possible, the like the first game where we look at it and we say, oh, we definitely should win this, and that's yeah. not just. That's not because of of like how anything's gone or whatever, but it's kind of like you're when we when we came into the season, there were two teams that we knew were kind of worse than us, and that was you and Bournemouth, you and Bournemouth, and we had to kind of look at something else. So these are games like I I'm looking at it, and I've been told I'm jumping kind of bit, but I think this is a must win for us. Like it is a it's six pointer is a six pointer, um, no matter what when when it comes in the season, in my opinion, and I think this is this is one. I think if we can win it, it would give us a good a good platform to to kind of maybe have a little bit of a respite and not worry but I, I do think you guys will cause problems and it's it's one of those things of you will click at some point it just depends when and knowing how our luck goes you're gonna click and play like you played together for 10 years <laughs> I mean I think on Friday, you'll definitely see a different Forest than the one that you saw against Bournemouth. The, the the tempo of the game was not like it was against uh, like against Spurs. It was like hundred miles per hour. I don't know if you if you think the same because obviously you've you've watched Premier League football more recently than a lot of Forest fans in the last few years. But the pace, you think the Championship's quick, and then the Premier League is ten times faster. I think, and I think that suits Forest a little bit more because players don't have that much time to think about doing stuff. Like when Joe Worrell's got too much time on his hands, he's he's picking like passes like he's never played football in his life. But when he's got no time to think about it, he just does it. And it kind of, and it works a lot better for us. And I think the tempo of the game will be 
a massive factor in this for both sides because I think Fulham will bring it. They'll, you'll, you will bring the intensity. With someone like Mitrovic up top and how you've spoken about him, he'll be pressing the back three or back or back five or however you want to look at it. Um, Harrison Reed and Paulinho will be getting in the faces of our two midfielders or three midfielders, however you look at it, and, and we'll be doing vice versa, I think, if the tempo is there. And then that's when the crowd gets up and I think it's good. So I'm I'm looking forward to it from that point of view. Uh, wait, one one quick question I have is, I've like it's Twitter, and I know you can't really take anything from <laughs> it, um, but there seemed to be quite a big reaction after the Bournemouth game. Oh, there was a um, meltdown. We had a meltdown. Yeah, but um, we're we're kind of this season we we've, we've started games really really well. Yeah. Um, and like I, the player, like uh, Tim Ream came out in an interview today, and it's kind of. Um, a thing of us starting well and he basically said that if we can get one early there's a chance that you guys as like a crowd kind of turn a little bit and go silent do you think that is a possibility at all it depends how the game is going in itself against Bournemouth even though we were winning 2-0 it was just flat like the tempo was flat the game was flat so the crowd was flat and it just was not that great against Spurs, even though we lost 2-0. It was absolute like party atmosphere. And I'm not sure if that was just because it's Spurs, but we played really, really well and yeah. probably deserved a little bit more out of the game. But Joe, when you've got someone of Harry Kane's quality against you, it's it's tough when you give him two good chances like like he got. And, and that was not even including the penalty sort of thing. So it's it's a difficult one. So, but it is a possibility against against yourselves so it's it's one of them yeah i just i think the first 20 minutes could be really really important um for both teams really and i think that's something we will be trying to target a little bit given that it's been mentioned in an interview today i think if if forest are gonna recover from the loss against bournemouth we have to be out the traps and at, and at you and i think if I think, like as you say, if you can ride out that kind of storm and and frustrate us a little bit, then then you've all, you've always got the chance of quieting the crowd down. At Forest last season, uh, the the fans were like a twelfth man last year. That, that's what got us a win against West Ham and what got us a really good performance against Spurs. But it works both ways. Cooper says it all the time. Like the it's the up to the players to inspire the the fans and and vice versa. Obviously, you get that reciprocated kind of thing. So. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting one. I can see it. I can see goals being involved. Um, but so I just want, I'd like to get you a, a score prediction off you if I can, Connor. Uh, it's a difficult one, actually. Um, I do think we win. And I think we either win like a Four two or like a one nil. <laughs> I, think, I think I know. I know. I've come from a bit of a broad fit, uh, a broad selection there. I do. I do fancy us, but as you said, I c- I can see there being goals, and I can see you guys causing us some serious problems um, if you play in the right way. Hmm. Um, as I said, I think if you if you kind of try and exploit us wide and you bomb forward and you're brave, I mean you will cause us some serious problems, but. Also, I guess I'm being a bit optimistic in that I think this is the first time Mitro's kind of played against a team that are going to be down there with us. Um, and if he's managed to kind of do 
uh, do well against Van Dijk and and Gabriel and Romero, then I'm hoping if it's Warrell and McKenna that he can he can get a couple maybe. And also we're quite we've been very dangerous from set pieces this season as well. Yeah, I, I we've not we've not done like a preview for this as a, as a uh, a group. So I, that's probably the first prediction from a Forest point of view. But I'm going to probably say two one Forest. I think we'll just I think hopefully there'll be a an answer back for losing. That's what I thought was going to happen against Bournemouth, obviously being 2-0 up. I thought, oh, well, this is the, the just the normal response from a, from a side that's just lost a couple of games. So, obviously coming back from a 6-0 defeat against, against City. So, that's what I thought would happen. So, I'm 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 excited for it. It's it's one that I, I think, like you've mentioned, it's a must-win for Fulham. It's a must-win for Forest because yeah. can't can't lose three games on the track in the Premier League. It's just, it doesn't... It doesn't bode well for the future and obviously we both want to stay up in this league and keep this as a Premier League fixture next season so no 100% and I I think I think as long as you said your owner's got a bit of a sacking mentality I think as long as you guys do get time I think this World Cup could be a bit of a blessing for you mm. um, if if Cooper can can be given the time and given a chance to get it in i I do think you'll be all right, and I think you will be a difficult team to play. I think it's just about when it clicks, and when, yeah. and and that's it. And as I said, it could it could genuinely be Friday night, and you could beat us. Like I'm, I'm not at all confident about this, really. Um, but I just think maybe we. I'm hoping we've got the the confidence and the form on our side, and we can try and do something. But it's it's going to be a hard game, regardless for both teams. I think. Yeah, I I know you don't have a Fulham podcast. Maybe you should start one, uh, Connor. I know there's there's a few of them out there, but uh, I just want to thank you for coming on. But do you know if like if there's any Fulham fans that are listening to this that are coming to hear from a, uh, a Forest perspective and etc., but want to hear your viewpoints on on your beloved team, where could they find your social medias to follow you, Connor? Uh, it's at ConnorHugh26 and Connor's two ends and an OR. Nice one. Uh, thank you very much for joining us on Red Side of Trent, Connor. We uh, maybe speak to you again in the future. Um, yeah. Good luck on Friday night. Obviously, hope you're on the, on the wrong end of it, but yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah have, you, have a good one. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Just a quick one as well from all of us on this podcast. This is something that we all share and it's something that myself and I'm sure the other guys have noticed as well is that a lot of people, especially Forest fans, as that's what mostly I do have on my Twitter, um, seeming to struggle a little bit with their mental health at the minute. You know, if you are struggling, um, by all means, message the pod and one of us will reply to you or message somebody on Twitter, you know, use the Forest timeline with the hashtag or just to make sure you talk to somebody rather than doing anything silly. Um, there is plenty of options out there. You know, if you also want to talk to someone in confidence, there's, you know, charities like Mind who will help you. Um, but just make sure you just talk to somebody rather than, you know, doing anything silly. I think that's um, an important message to relay um, to anybody who listens to the pod who might be struggling at this time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.